Good morning, children. It's Saturday morning, 6.30. I've been up since 5. Uh, your mom may have woken me up, but... I'm just leaving the office. I wanted to print out a copy of a bunch of the rules for soccer. The FIFA rules and then um, local ones. I know them all, it's just sometimes I have to show them to a coach and say, no, you're wrong before a game starts, so hopefully I don't have to today. I'm just a linesman today. Uh, let's see, later on this morning we're gonna ride, take a ride to your cousin's house in Sacramento, that should be fun. And, uh, let's see, what am I doing? Yeah, I'm a linesman today for an under 15 girls soccer game. I figured why not make 30 bucks on a round and get some exercise in. And, uh, you know, maybe read a little bit. Not much has happened between the last time I read the Bible to you guys. <clears throat> been journaling a lot more in the journal my oldest sister got me. So I hope to fill that thing up. You know, ideally I'd love to fill four of those things up for all of you, but I'm not going to dedicate like one journal per child. That ain't going to happen. night, your mom and I rode bikes to one side of the island, and your mom really likes poke, poke or pokey bowl, it's essentially rice with different types of sushi type fish, lots of sides, lots of sides, your mom and her family really loves just drowning food in sides or condiments, and I think last night your mom got, well, I'll tell you what I got, I got, it's like a, a bowl with, I chose regular white rice, like a sushi, sticky rice, a scoop of salmon, like raw salmon, and, a, and two scoops of crab salad with some soy sauce, okay, that's what I got. And your mom got a few scoops, like scoops of salmon and crab and tuna. And she got a bunch of different sauces, soy sauces, chives, dried wontons, seaweed, wasabi, other type of seaweed. Pickled, uh, a bunch of different pickled vegetables, dried seaweed. The other seaweed was like a wet, more uh, fresh seaweed. Uh, what else? The thing was just jam packed. And I'm like, where's the, even the rice in that food? But that's just like, the, her, her whole family does that. It's, well, maybe not her whole family, but watching her family, like when I eat, I, the food should stand alone. I shouldn't have to 
prop up my food using ketchup or mustard. Your mom will put ketchup and mustard on pizza. Like, whenever we get Little Caesars, your mom just throw as much condiments on. I think it's disgusting. She says I eat dry food. I really don't. When I go to In-N-Out, I don't want that nasty Thousand Island dressing on my burger. That's all I could taste. I'm not ordering a burger with Thousand Island. It's gross. And I don't think my family was, like, into that, too. I remember, you know, growing up, there was this great cheeseburger place. It was like a, all it was was a drive-thru. It was called Sam's Burgers. And these burgers were amazing. But I remember whenever my parents would go to Sam's, they would tell them the same thing. They'd order like a bunch of cheeseburgers. And my dad would always order an extra one and eat one on the way home, by the way. This is funny. Uh, it's like, you don't have to tell your mom I'm eating this, okay? I'm, I'm just hungry. Just a little snack before we get home to eat dinner. But he wasn't... He wasn't the smallest man. And uh, honestly, neither am I. But when they ordered these burgers, it was... Uh, my mom or dad would say... Oh, sorry. No onions, no mayo. And I think they put like a light mustard on it. But light mustard is different from like... You know, a bunch of stuff. So it, it always left an indelible mark on me. Mayo and raw onions are just gross. So any version of any of that is just that. So I, I rarely get if I, if I get fast food I, I rarely use sauces or any of that. You're, on your mom's side they just go crazy. That's not the same. I mean, I'll, I'll have mayo on uh, like a light mayo on a turkey sandwich. That was my superstition uh, when I was playing soccer competitively. And during tournaments, in between games, my parents would always take me out to eat. I would always get a turkey sandwich. Light mayo. Always. I don't know what it was. It just... It just seemed right. And I tried doing that with the namesake. And he's like, I'll have a meatball sub from Subway. <sighs> so, that didn't work, but he needs some protein. So today, so I think it's 45 minute house today. And I hope you know, when I, when I am a linesman, I hope it's it's not a one-sided game. Because one of the halves will be really will go really quick, because they'll be all like on my side. And the other half will not. So I'm kinda hoping kinda hoping uh, it's not one-sided. So I think every game I've wrapped has been one-sided. It's sad. I, I refed a game uh, a week ago. It's the center ref. I was doing it as a favor for uh, one of the parents whose son plays with the namesake. One team was from Piedmont, which is uh, it's a nice area in Oakland, and the other team was from where we're from, Alameda, and and the Piedmont. I, you know, I'm checking them in. Everyone seems fine, and the Piedmont co one coach. 
is I call a corner kick and he shakes his head like furiously like come on like this is like minute one of the game and I turned to him and I was like really it's an under it was it's an under like nine or under ten girls so I walked in and was like are you really gonna have that reaction in the first part of the game he's like well I can't have a reaction I said you're setting an example, man. And then he's like coaching his team all the way up and down the field, which you can't do. I turned around, I was like, listen, man, you can't be running up and down the field coaching. You got to coach from the, from the center. He's like, oh, he was like, just giving so much grief. And he was like talking to me. I was like, please stop talking to me while the game's going. Okay. He's like, really a lot of attitude. I just thought, I want to knock this guy out. Turns out, their team is younger. It's like under eights or under nines, and they're playing under tens. So they're like all eight or nine-year-olds. They're playing all ten-year-olds. Big differences. Every year is a big developmental difference here. And they were... They were getting blown out all the time. And so I, um, I was feeling bad. Uh, he, at, at halftime, he, he comes up to me. He's like, listen, I'm so sorry about my attitude. The team gets blown out all the time. We're playing up because we don't have any, any teams to play at our level. And it's just really frustrating. Please accept my apology. And so I was like, of course. Like, you know, I would probably act the same exact way. You have nothing to apologize for. And now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure I've already told, told that story three podcasts ago. Maybe I'll edit this part out. Ah, darn it. Oh, they sought me today. So where we live, there's this huge, like, swap meet. Um, it's like the biggest one in Northern California. Um, I wish I had the time to go to it. Let's see what time is it? Quarter to seven. No, I'm not gonna go. I will read to you guys. The first. It's usually the first Sunday of the of the month, and, or the first Saturday. You know what? It's not even today. It's tomorrow. But it's. What the heck is this? Are they moving? What is going on? I'm talking to myself. not what I expected. I'm kind of glad I didn't wake up early, early and go because they do. What are we doing? Okay. All right. That makes sense. Sorry. See a bunch of signs and for people to park and this is, it's not even regarding what I'm doing. How are you guys doing? What are you guys up to, huh? Wish I knew. Doing something like this has, has a macabre feel to it because I know I'm not gonna be around forever and you guys will probably be listening to this after I've gone. I, I've been thinking about death a lot. I've really been missing my dad. 
and it kind of, not kind of, it truly blows me away. Uh, knowing that both my parents know what happens after you die. It's a mystery. The Bible's pretty clear. Where you go, you know, there's only two places, but still, such a great mystery. I bet it's going to just be hilarious after we've all gone and died and we're all together. It would be hilarious, like, how much we've stressed out about it or worried about it or, you know, um, I would love to have a dream or something, though. About, about heaven. One of my sisters had a dream about my parents. It would be nice. Not to get a glimpse out, just to like, just to get a glimpse of hope or understanding. I don't know. So we are at, we are at the field. I'm a little early. black hat. You're, the only hat you're allowed to wear is like a plain black hat. The last few games I've wanted to ref not in the sun like as I was a linesman, so I'm glad about that. Put you guys on pause real quick. Just went outside to clean my windshield wipers. It's, uh, it's a little chilly outside. It's a little chilly. Oh, I don't know why, but my right arm, like my bicep, has really been hurting. I don't know what to do about that. Okay. I made some coffee. I'm trying not to drink soda. I am so overweight. And my friend keeps taking photos of me when I'm coaching. One of my assistant coaches, he's like a trainer. And I just want to punch him through the chest by, by, uh, cause he does that. So I know, I know I'm overweight. Oh, it sucks. All right. Without further ado, let's read. Let me blow my nose. I'm going to do 1 Corinthians 20 through a few chapters. <laughs> Corinthians chapter 20. 
In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, Joab led out the armed forces. Joab led out the armed forces. He laid waste the land of the Ammonites and went to Rabbah and besieged it. But David remained in Jerusalem. Joab attacked Rabbah and left it in ruins. David took the crown from the head of their king. Its weight was found to be a talent of gold, and it was set with precious stones. And it was placed on David's head. He took a great quantity of plunder from the city and brought out the people who were there, consigning them to labor and with saws and with iron picks and axes. David did this to all the Ammonite towns. Then David and his entire army returned to Jerusalem. In the course of time, the war broke out with the Philistines at Gezer. At that time, Sibachai, the Hushanite, killed Sapai, one of the descendants of the Rephites, Rephites. And the Philistines were subjugated. In another battle with the Philistines, Elhanan, son of Jer, killed Lami and the brother killed Lami, the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, who had a spear with a shaft like a weaver's rod. In still another battle, which took place at Gath, there was a huge man with six fingers in each hand and six toes in each foot, twenty-four in all. He also was descended from Rapha. When he taunted Israel, Jonathan, son of Shimei, David's brother, killed him. These were the descendants of Rapha and Gath, and they fell at the hands of David and his men. Chapter 21 Satan rose up against Israel and incited David to take a census of Israel. So David said to Joab and the commanders of the troops, Go and count the Israelites from Beersheba to Dan. Then report back to me so that I may know how many there are. But Joab replied, May the Lord multiply his troops a hundred times over. My lord the king, are they not all my lord's subjects? Why does my lord want to do this? Why should he bring guilt on Israel? The king's word, however, overruled Joab. So Joab left and went throughout Israel and then came back to Jerusalem. Joab reported the number of the fighting men to David. In all Israel, there were 1,100,000 men who could handle a sword, including 470,000 in Judah. But Joab did not include Levi and Benjamin in the numbering because the king's command was repulsive to him. This command was also evil in the sight of the Lord, so he punished Israel. Then David said to God, I have sinned greatly by doing this now. I beg you, take away the guilt of your servant. I have done a very foolish thing. The Lord said to Gad, David's seer, Go and tell David this is what the Lord says. I am giving you three options. Choose one of them for me to carry out against you. So Gad went to David and said to him, This is what the Lord says. Take your choice. Three years of famine, three months of being swept away before your enemies with their swords overtaking you, or three days of the sword of the Lord, days of plague in the land, with the angel of the Lord ravaging every part of Israel. Now then decide how I should answer the one who sent me. David said to Gad, I am in deep distress. Let me fall in the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is very great, but do not let me fall into the hands of men. So the Lord sent a plague to Israel, and 70,000 men of Israel fell dead. And God sent an angel to destroy Jerusalem, but as the angel was doing so, the Lord saw and was grieved because of the calamity, and said to the angel who was destroying the people, Enough, withdraw your hand. The angel of the Lord was then standing at the threshing floor of Aruna, the Jebusite. David looked up and saw the angel of the Lord standing between heaven and earth, with a drawn sword in his hand extended over Jerusalem. Then David and the elders, clothed in sackcloth, fell face down. David said to God, Was it not I who ordered the fighting men to be counted? 
I am the one who has sinned and done wrong. These are but sheep. What have they done? O Lord, my God, let your hand fall upon me and my family, but not, but do not let this plague remain on your people. Then the angel of the Lord ordered Gad to tell David to go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Aruna, the Jebusite. So David went up in obedience to the word that God had spoken in the name of the Lord. While Aruna was threshing wheat, he turned and saw the angel. His four sons who were with him hid themselves. Then David approached, and when Aruna looked and saw him, he left the threshing floor and bowed down before David with his face to the ground. David said to him, Let me have the sight of your threshing floor so I can build an altar to the Lord, that the plague of the people may be stopped. Sell it to me at the full price. Aruna said to David, Take it, let my lord the king do whatever pleases him. Look, I will give the oxen for the burnt offerings, the threshing sledges for the wood, and the wheat for the grain offering. I will give all of this. But King David replied to Aruna, No, I insist on paying the full price. I will not take for the Lord what is yours, or sacrifice a burnt offering that costs me nothing. I highlighted that. So David paid Aruna 600 shekels of gold for the site. David built an altar to the Lord there and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. He called on the Lord, and the Lord answered him with fire from heaven on the altar of burnt offering. Then the Lord spoke to the angel, and he put his sword back into his sheath. At that time, when David saw that the Lord had answered him on the threshing floor of Aruna, the Jebusite, he offered sacrifices there, the tabernacle of the Lord, which Moses had made in the desert, and the altar of the burnt offering, were at that time of the high place at Gibeon. But David could not go before it to inquire of God, because he was afraid of the sword of the angel of the Lord. Such an interesting story. Aren't really that strong today. All right. All right, all right. <sighs> Chapter twenty two. Then David said, The house of the Lord God is to be here, and also the altar of burnt offering for Israel. So David gave orders to assemble the aliens living in Israel, and from among them he appointed stonecutters to prepare dressed stone for building the house of God. He provided a large amount of iron to make nails for the doors of the gateways and for the fittings, and, and more bronze than could be weighed. He also provided more cedar logs than could be counted, for the Sidonians and Tyrians had brought large, num- <clears throat> had brought large numbers of them to David. David said, My son Solomon is young and inexperienced, and the house to be built for the Lord should be of great magnificence and fame and splendor in the sight of all the nations. Therefore, I will make preparations for it. So David made extensive preparations before his death. Then he called for his son Solomon and charged him to build a house for the Lord, the God of Israel. David said to Solomon, My son, I had it in my heart to build a house for the name of the Lord, my God, but this word of the Lord came to me. You have shed much blood and fought many wars. You are not to build a house for my name, because you have shed much blood on the earth in my sight. But you will have a son who will be a man of peace and rest, and I will give him rest from all his enemies on every side. His name will be Solomon, and I will grant Israel peace and quiet during his reign. 
He is the one who will build a house for my name. He will be my son, and I will be his father, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom of Israel forever. Now, my son, the Lord be with you, and you, and may you have the success and build the house of the Lord your God, as he said you would. May the Lord give you discretion and understanding when he puts you in command over Israel, so that you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then you will have success if you are careful to observe the decrees and laws that the Lord gave Moses for Israel. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. I have taken great pains to provide for the temple of the Lord a hundred thousand talents of gold, a million talents of silver, quantities of bronze and iron too great to be weighed, and wood and stone, and you may add to them. You have many workmen, stonecutters, masons, carpenters as well. Men skilled in every kind of work, in gold and silver and iron, craftsmen beyond number. Now begin the work, and the Lord will be with you. Then David Lord ordered all the leaders of Israel to help his son. He said to them, Is not the Lord your God with you? And has he not granted you rest on every side? For he has handed the inhabitants of the land over to me, and the land is subject to the Lord and to his people. Now devote your heart and soul to seeking the Lord your God. Begin to build the sanctuary of the Lord's of the Lord God, so that you may bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and the sacred articles belonging to God into the temple that will be built for the name of the Lord. David is... He's the king of Israel that was always after God's own heart. And him saying that to his people, always have a heart for God, is telling. We've been reading a lot of First Peter at our church lately, and, and I mentioned this a couple episodes before, but David really was a royal priest, even though he was not Levitical or anything like that. I, I think of all the kings of Israel, he was probably the most devoted to God with a very close second being Hezekiah. A very close second, I think. Um, it's, it's, it's just fascinating, the, uh, how much devotion he, uh, David gave to, to God. Hang on one second. I went to the wrong place again. I went to the wrong soccer field. I'm going to head there. I just realized that. <laughs> so we'll head there. Maybe we'll read another chapter. We'll read chapter 23. So glad I checked. There's like no one here. Take two. Also, I think David was a ginger. I think that's... No, they said he's ruddy. I think he, he had red hair. Not uncommon in the Jewish culture. Um, 
actually not very common at all. I'm so glad I checked the my email. Well, luckily it's not very far. It's like half a mile away. A lot of twisting and turnings. I really need to lose weight. If not for me, for you, for you guys. So I wonder what you guys are up to lately. Wonder who's listening to this. You know, just because this podcast exists doesn't mean you're all going to be listening to it. This morning, uh, the namesake was in our bed, like, well, kind of like always, and uh, the spy demanded I carry him up to bed, and he, if it's so late, and he knows that I'll just carry him up to bed, and you, it's just so sweet, he'll, he'll put his head on my shoulder, kiss me on the cheek, which he doesn't do unless he's just completely exhausted, <laughs> uh, and, uh, the king, uh, he was, what was he doing? He's on the top bunk, and he does such a good job of falling asleep. I don't know if I should say he or you. I, I know I'm talking to you guys. So I don't I get fouled up when it comes to all that. The, the, pronoun, the pronoun thing. That's weird. That's my, my neighbor. Swap meets are cool. People selling their junk, hoping you don't think it's junk. And then you have their junk. And then one day you'll have to sell that stuff too. One of the things I love buying at the swap meets, there's a tweed guy. This guy has, just scours all of Northern California for tweed. And I bought, I bought a couple tweed jackets from him. It's been a while. Your mom hates tweed. So I'm not, so I'm not gonna um, buy anymore. No more tweed. <sighs> Although I like it. it, makes me feel like I'm old or older. Professorial, I think is the term. I would call it. So I'm at the stop line. We're making a right, and there's this donut shop on the corner, which your mom and you guys will ride your bikes to once in a while. You guys did it last weekend, actually. And we invited friends to show up, and the friends had kids that were, like, um, much younger than ours and felt kind of bad. They were uh, They were exhausted. Luckily, I was there. I was refing, and I, I picked you. I picked everybody up, 
I picked those kids up, rather, so they didn't have to bring their kids home. Here we are. There's some people in the parking lot. Some people. Although, it's kind of weird. It's like an abandoned car. It's got its lights on. But it looks like the lights are dimming. Like the battery's about to die. mistake last time or a couple weeks ago too I felt so dumb <sighs> all right chapter 23 when David was old and full of years he made his son Solomon king over Israel he gathered together all the leaders of Israel as well as the priests of, and Levites the Levites 30 years old or more were counted and the total number of men was 38,000 David said of these 24,000 uh, of these 24,000 are to supervise the work of the temple of the Lord, and 6,000 are to be officials and judges. 4,000 are to be gatekeepers, and 4,000 are to praise the Lord with the musical instruments. I provided for that purpose. David divided the Levites into groups corresponding to the sons of Levi, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. Gershonites. Belonging to the Gershonites, Laden and Shimei, the sons of Laden, Jehiel the first, Jetham and Joel, three and all, the sons of Shimei, Shel Shilamoth, Haziel, and Haran, three and all. These were the heads of the families of Laden and the sons of Shimei, Jehath, Ziza, Jeush, Bariah, these were the sons of Shimei, four and all. Jehath was the first and Ziza the second, but Jeush and Bariah, Bariah did not have many sons, so they were counted as one family with one assignment. Kohathites, the sons of Kohath, Amram, Izar, Hebron, and Uziel, four in all. Sons of Amram, Aaron and Moses. Aaron was set apart. He and his descends forever to consecrate the most holy things, to offer sacrifices before the Lord, to minister before him, and to pronounce blessings in his name forever. The son of Moses, the man of God, were counted as part of the tribe of Levi. The sons of Moses, Gershom and Eleazar. The descendants of Gershom, Shubael was the first. The descendants of Eleazar, Rehabiah was the first. Eleazar had no other sons. The sons of Rehabiah were very numerous. The sons of Izhar, Shelmeth was the first. The sons of Hebron, Jeriah the first. Amariah was the second. Jahaziel the third and Jechamim the fourth, the sons of Uziel, Micah the first, and Ishiah the second. Merarites, the sons of Merari, Mali and Mushi, the sons of Mali, Eleazar and Kish. Eleazar died without having sons, he had only daughters. Their cousins, the sons of Kish, married them. 
the sons of Mushi, Mali, Eder, and Jeremoth, three in all. These were the descendants of Levi by their families. The heads of families, as they are registered under their names and counted individually, that is, the workers twenty years old or more who served in the temple of the Lord. For David had said, Since the Lord, the God of Israel, has granted rest to his people, and has come to dwell in Jerusalem forever, the Levites no longer need to carry the tabernacle or any of the articles used in its service. According to the last instructions of David, the Levites were counted from those twenty years old or more. The duty of the Levites was to help Aaron's descendants in the service of the temple of the Lord, to be in charge of the courtyards, the side rooms, the purification of all sacred things, and the performance of other duties of the house of God. They were in charge of the bread set on the table, the flour for the grain offering, the unleavened wafers, the baking and the mixing, and all the measurements, quantity, and size. They were also to stand every morning and to thank and praise the Lord. They are to do the same in the evening, and whatever burnt offerings were presented to the Lord on Sabbaths and at the new moon festivals and at the appointed feasts, they were to serve before the Lord regularly in the proper number and in the way prescribed for them. And so the Levites carried out their responsibilities for the tent of meeting, for the holy place, and under their brothers, the descendants of Aaron, for their service of the temple of the Lord. So I think that's as far as we're going to go. Interesting. So it's kind of like they're recounting building the temple again. They did so in, I want to say, Second Samuel. I don't think we did. Well, they touched in Second Kings, but or in First Kings. Um. Anyways, I'm gonna stretch. I, I'm gonna um, take a break and warm up. The game is gonna start in about a half hour, so I want to meet with this referee. And, See what he wants. Anyways. Anyways, anyways. Love you guys. You guys are important to me. But most importantly, you're, you're, you're important to God. And God loves you more, which kind of blows my mind because I would do anything for you guys. Give your mom a call. I love you guys very much. And uh, everything you do, do it for the kingdom. For the kingdom and the king, for his glory we will sing, for the rescue of our souls he has come, for the kingdom and the cross, oh the triumph and the loss, love is broken through and now to